Welcome to SADCAST, the podcast for working creatives. This is episode 66. I'm your host, Pamela Rooney's creative director and co-publisher of the physical magazine SADMAG. So you might have noticed a new look for the SADCAST this year. I spent the holiday break refreshing our branding and getting us an Instagram. What do you think? Let me know on our feed, at SADCASTpod. To my disappointment, someone is sitting on the name at SADCAST, and nothing's there, so what a waste. Um... I'll keep trying to get it, though. This is a first world problem if I have ever heard one. <laughs> Sad Comedy is back for our seventh show this year. We're part of JFL Northwest, so we're totally legit now. We're going to have eight comics on the show this time, so it's bigger and better than ever, featuring Katie Ellen Humphreys, Pardis Parker, Ken Hamlet, Tin Lorca, Casey Novak, Andrea Jin, Abdul Aziz, and more special guests to be announced. And I mean special because JFL is in town and we're working on getting some star power in here, so stay tuned. Sad Comedy is hosted, as always, by the wonderful Jackie Hoffert of Foxhole Comedy. You can check out Sad Comedy February 15th at the Redgate Review Stage on Granville Island. More details and tickets at sadmag.ca slash events. So we're going to do something a little different today. You may have noticed at the top of the show, I usually share my neuroses with you and sort of spin my wheels on my own. This week, I've brought someone in who might be able to help save me from myself. Maybe you too. Andrea Lowen is the author of the new book, Feeling Better, A Field Guide to Liking Yourself, which is something every creative should probably read. So welcome, Andrea. Well, thank you very much. I'm happy to be here. Okay, so one of the things that plagues me as Mm -hmm. like a creative um, is that I think like disliking my work like propels me to do better work. So how do I you know, reconcile that. Because I feel like if I were to love myself, Mm -hmm. would I just stop caring and not really do anything worth it? Right. Okay, well, first of all, I just want to say that obviously I'm not, I'm not, maybe not obviously to everyone. I am not a trained professional. Like this is all self-taught, self-learned. I wrote it in a book, but like this is basically stuff that worked for me. So maybe it'll work for you too, but. All um, right. Lay it on me. Lay it on me. I'm I'm going to try anything. Perfect. You just heard. So I think that that whole idea, the relationship for creative people between like mental health, depression, hating yourself, and our creativity is just one of the worst myths that we, Mm. so many of us have fallen prey to, right? Because yeah, you think, I used to think that too. I was super depressed and I was like, well, writers are depressed, so... This is how my life has to be. Right, yeah. But um, I don't know. I When I worked through my depression, I kept writing. And I think my writing got better because I wasn't so bogged down. You know, depression and anxiety, they, they steal your mind, right? They yeah. steal you away. Mm-hmm. And so you just get lost in that world. And, and that's what most of my writing was about before... I managed to break through it. So what was like, how did you break through it? Were you working with a therapist or were you just reading about it or, or I don't know, a magic leprechaun came and solved it? <laughs> what happened? How did you do it? Yeah. So definitely a variety of things. I saw a, thera- a variety of therapists. Um, and then but the real thing happened after. So I saw some therapists. I got an undergrad in psychology, which was not because I was depressed, but you know, Maybe partially. (laughs) You want to understand yourself. Yeah, exactly. And um, read a whole ton of books. And then um, I did have a little mini epiphany moment, which is kind of hilarious and mean, because basically my boyfriend at the time said that he thought he was awesome while we were having a fight. 
And in my mind, so he was just like, well, what are you talking about? I'm awesome. And I almost laughed out loud, (laughs) which is really bad. And my mind was like, he thinks he's awesome? And I'm way more awesome than he is. And I hate myself? How is this possible? Right. And it was just this tiny moment of unkind clarity. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Not very kind towards him. But it was that little spark. So then later after that relationship finally ended, because obviously it was doomed, mm-hmm. um, I kind of recalled that moment, and I was like, wait a second. There's a part of me somewhere that does believe that I have value. Right. Um, so let's figure this out. Let's find it. So I kind of then pieced together all the stuff from the counselors and from the books and from my psychology classes and found a way, just that, yeah, a way that worked for me, which is all the stuff that's in the book, um, that helped me. Yeah. So when you were starting to do that, like, what was your um, train of thought when you were thinking, like, oh, I'm not good enough? Mm-hmm. Like, especially when you're, like, writing or something. If you're like, oh, this is, like, crap. Like, how did you get over that? Yeah, totally. So um, I used a lot of, like, basic cognitive behavioral therapy stuff, which is, for people who don't know, basically you identify those thoughts like that mm-hmm. oh I'm a piece of crap mm-hmm. and you try and catch yourself when you're thinking them and then you try to work to change them because the idea is that those thoughts are shaping your beliefs about yourself and your emotions mm-hmm. and so if you change those thoughts you can change those fundamental beliefs and emotions um, so when it came to creative work the best thing I find is actually while I'm working on a thing to just be like hey, cool, yeah, I'm a piece of trash. I don't have time to think about that right now. I'm just trying to get this thing done. Mm -hmm. So, Mm -hmm. like, hey, hey, pile of trash, you sit over there, and I promise I will dwell on you later. Because you you know that your brain is going to want to go back there. It's not even a false promise. Yeah, yeah. And uh, that, for those times, that helps to just... uh, um, be able to focus and get whatever I'm working on done. Right. Um, and then in life, it's a little different. It's more about like when you notice the thought, actually taking the time to be like, uh, no, I'm not a piece of trash because, and then having some piece of evidence I've already come up with mm. to fill in that blank and be like, no, I'm not a piece of trash because I, um, Look at this. Now I didn't prepare, so I'm not even thinking of one. Oh boy. Do I? Why am I? Pe- why aren't you a piece of trash? A liar. <laughs> I don't even know. <laughs> you wrote a book. I'll fill it in for you. No, You're helping yeah. people. Yeah. Yeah. So so let's say that. Yeah. yeah. So I wrote a book. I wrote a book to try and help people. So I'm not a piece of trash because people who are pieces of trash don't do that. That's right. And then you just like go with it and you, it sounds like a lie. Your brain will be like, that is oh can I swear yes okay your brain will be like that is a pile of horseshit you are a fucking liar and then you just have to swear right back at it and be like fuck you depression I did write a book and then you just go back and forth for a while and then eventually like when I say eventually I mean like six months to a year later I started to believe it wow it takes a while wow (laughs) now do do you personify your inner critic like do you imagine someone like a version of yourself or yeah I never did that but I've heard some people do and I think that's really cool yeah I think people will like name it they'll yeah. give the name of someone that they just Mine's like Ruth. hate because she's ruthless beautiful I love it <laughs> and then you can just be like Ruth shut up exactly like Ruth you fucking bitch yeah no one's got time for you no one likes you Ruth it's you no one likes it's true but then I'm I'm like too smart for it. I'm just like, oh, but Ruth is me, and and no one's got time for me, and I'm the worst. 
Ah, that's where you got to cut yourself off. I know. Just, just I know. cut it. A friend of mine will even just like distract himself with anything. He'll just be like, uh, can I name all the capitals of the states in America and wow. just start doing something totally unrelated just to stop the thought process? I think that would be better for me because I feel like, I, like if I keep thinking about it, it just spirals out of control. Sure. It's like sometimes it's like don't feed the trolls. Yeah. 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 yeah totally. I definitely think that. Do you have any other like hot, hot tips for like getting out of like a funk if you're trying to get inspired um, yeah so it's it's said to death I know people talk about it all the time but gratitude is really actually mm. super like I say in the books basically it's the closest thing to a magic pill mm. that makes you feel better mm-hmm. like um I was in like a super spiral bad place and I just sat down and like this was a, a year-end thing that I did years ago when I was first doing this practice so I sat down and I just wrote down like all the good things that had happened the year before and then all the people who had helped me with those things and just by doing that and that by and then I sent thank you notes to those people and like the act of thinking about the people that I had to be grateful for who had helped me and then actually thanking them like I went from feeling again like a a big old pile of shit with a bunch of flies you know Mm -hmm. landing all over it to just feeling like on top of the world yeah. And then I had energy again and felt like I could go do some stuff. So I know people talk about gratitude to death and you can buy all these cheesy journals and stuff. But yeah. it it actually is really good. Yeah, it's more than a fridge magnet. <laughs> yeah, like it gets talked about this much because it's actually very powerful. Then how many people do you think are actually doing it versus <laughs> well, talking about it? Yeah, I'm just that, too cynical. That is uh. a good question. I mean, I did it during that time. And now I do it super sporadically. Like, it's hard. These practices are hard to keep on top of. It's mm-hmm. actual work. It's not, like, fun. It's yeah. like parenting yourself yeah. into not hating yourself. Someone, woman came to our office to talk about mental health, and that was something she said that you should do, like, before, like, right before you go to sleep or right when mm-hmm. you wake up is think of just three things. Totally. You're yeah. grateful for. Again, it sounds so cheesy, but, like, it's true. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. This thing, and... Like, and it's so easy to resist the cheesy shit when you're like, you know, you're depressed and you're you're usually cynical when you're yeah. feeling these ways yeah. or when you've got anxiety and your, your depression or your anxiety will tell you like, like Ruth is going to be up there being like, uh, that's not going to work. Uh, that's stupid. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Only like Instagram influencers pretend they're doing that. Right. But like, I don't know. I say just actually try it and you got to just try it for real to see if it's going to work right yeah Mm -hmm. okay stop being cynical (laughs) actually try to be grateful okay do you think here's this actual cynical question yeah uh, i love it gonna pile on top of this um do you think that the most successful people hate or love themselves oh that is a good question I mean, of course, how are we defining success in this scenario would be a good question. Oh, I can go down that rabbit hole. Just because Uh, if, like, if you're, like, oh, the richest people, then, like, yeah, probably I think that a lot of them are probably pretty unhappy. hmm, Um, Hmm. And I think a lot of people work really hard and get a lot of prestige or wealth or fame because they're trying to compensate for how much they you know their little See and then we're back to money. the beginning where yeah. I'm like, well, how could I be successful if I don't hate myself? <laughs> oh no. Because guess what? You okay. can also be driven by a desire to just like 
share things with the world. I know. It's true. I yeah. feel like that pull is not as much. Well, okay, actually, you know what would be good? Just like showing other people that I can do it is maybe as a uh, semi, sort of the, semi-positive. The, the sort of vindictive thing, but you're like, yeah, I believe in myself. And you know what? Fuck you. I'm going to show you. Yeah. I could yeah. make spite drive me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> maybe a little healthier than like self-doubt. You know what? I... I'll give that I'll give that a, a like a medium thumbs up. That's that's like you know, you know what? Here's the thing. Like it all sounds very Pollyanna and it's like no, it's whatever whatever works for you and makes you not hate yourself. Yeah. I mean I, I, I joke about it, but I think you're absolutely right and I should do all those things and I actually will try and I have been trying, to be yeah. honest. Mm-hmm. I have been trying. Um, thank you so much for your advice yeah. and uh, maybe we'll check back in with you later. I would love that. Okay, I would love to check on Ruth. Oh, yeah. We'll Mm -hmm. see if we've killed her uh, maybe next year. (laughs) I want a gruesome death. Okay, nice. Okay. Thanks, Andrea. Thanks. Well, that was insightful. So my other guests for today are Stu Pop and Lee Eldridge, a.k.a. the Dungeon Punks. Stu and Lee host a real play Dungeons & Dragons comedy podcast. And fun fact, Stu was one of the original hosts of this very podcast, The Sadcast. Truth be told, I knew very little about D&D before this podcast, but I've learned that it's a very pure exercise in storytelling and imaginative thinking. Here's my chat with Stu and Lee. So you guys host, well, several podcasts, but we're going to talk mostly about uh, Dungeon Punks, the, your live D&D game playing, RPG, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. role playing game, right? Yeah. Yeah, I think it. I think the like term, the like hot term right now would be an actual play tabletop RPG podcast. Okay, yeah. got Hashtag it. Hashtag TTRPG. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, all right, all right. Now I didn't really know much about this <laughs> before uh, researching this to have you guys on here, um, but it's actually interesting. Like I didn't realize how much. Well, you make everything up, actually, and the mm-hmm. like dungeon master, which is you. In yeah, for me. Yeah. for the podcast, you're really setting up what quest you guys are going on, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, correct. Like, correct me if I'm wrong, and at any point, because <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, there's, I really there's different styles, I guess, because you can do something that's a little more like open world, where the dungeon master kind of creates the world, and it's sort of a sandbox, and the players drive the action a little bit more. I and see. There's other games too that are mm-hmm. more player driven, or even. Uh, DM or GM less like there's no master oh but then there's always like one thing you're doing like a quest a, a purpose right um, or no sometimes um I'm mean, mostly in our games and I've pretty much only played with Stu we've had a couple of people DM occasionally um, but mostly in our games there's some kind of hook that we're meant to grab onto mm-hmm. and or like some place where there could be multiple storylines and then once we pick one we just kind of keep going we keep yes ending the stuff that he gives us yeah um, but like Stu said, there is kind of a sandbox aspect sometimes. So mm-hmm. it could be like, you arrive in this port town. What do you want to do? What do you, where do you want to go? What do you want to look for? Mm-hmm. And that kind of thing. So sometimes there's a little more give and take right. with the players. And it just depends what players want to do, what GM wants to do, that kind yeah. of thing. Are you ever like, no, you can't, you don't <laughs> do that. That's a bad thing. Right, well, you can't okay. do that in in my world. So there, there's I mean, there's a bunch of different schools of thought. There's obviously like the, from the improv is that you should always yes. Yeah, in. yeah. But 
I don't think that's always the case. I, if you are gonna say no, I prefer like the no but. So like no, but this can happen. Mm. I mean, sometimes players are just being jerks. <laughs> sometimes you're just trying to break the world. Yeah, right. The world. <laughs> right. Right. So yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, saying no happens sometimes, but I, you know, you try not to like pigeonhole players or like force yeah. them to. That's not your job as the DM isn't to like force people down a railroad. Right. Or at very least, you should try real hard to hide the rails. <laughs> yeah. Like, there's a dragon here, but we're level one. We'll run away then. <laughs> yeah. Right. Okay. Okay. So did you, um, do you always play Dungeons and Dragons, like both of you, like as kids? or I didn't, actually. Um, I had friends who played in high school. And despite the fact that I was a big nerd and read fantasy novels and was in band and stuff, I was like the, the stupidest nerdy. Mm-hmm. But they were the guys who really would just have been like level grinding, and I don't think it would have been as storytelling driven, which is what I like. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so I ended up taking improv classes in university, and then finally Stu was like, "Hey, I want to set up a new game with some new people," and we started playing Shadowrun, which is a different uh, tabletop RPG game. Oh, and that's kind of how I came to it. I see. Yeah. I see. How about you? Uh, I've been playing since I was fifth. Yeah, 15. Um, Devin, who's on the show, who plays Johnny Eagle on the show, uh, uh, we've been friends since high school, and he actually introduced me. He's been playing since he was like 10, um, and he brought me in. It was a, We had a 30-hour famine, and so a bunch of <laughs> nerds there decided to play like D&D for the whole time. Amazing. Um, and yeah, so I, that was my first time. I was a player then. Had not yet become a dungeon yeah. At master. what point do you become a dungeon master, or you're like, I want to become one, so I'm gonna start creating these. Like, are you writing stuff down? You're writing it all down before, right? Or no? Yeah, I mean, the, the level of prep varies. Sometimes I'll just prepare nothing and <laughs> improv my way through a game. Right. Not for the podcast. I never do that for the podcast. I prepare a lot more for the podcast. But mm-hmm. um, yeah. I, I, Becoming a dungeon master, I kind of did it because it wasn't quite that there was no one else who wanted to do it. It was just there was no one else that wanted to play the specific game that I wanted to try. Mm. So I was like, well, I'll run a game. So to what extent has, is like this, like you said the story mm-hmm. telling was like the, a big pull for you. Is that also Oh, yeah, you? yeah. I mean, I, uh, the, like usually it's the division is between like storytelling and combat. Because there's a like wargaming aspect of D&D, that's where it like came from. Mm-hmm. So that's part of it. But you know, I I like to only have you know if there's going to be a fight, I would like it to be like driven by the story, not just like a random monster appears. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not Pokemon. They're not walking through the tall grass. <laughs> so then, do you like um, like those uh, comic book hero movies? Because those, I feel. I always like the first one because it's setting up how they got there. And then after that, it's just bang, 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 like the whole fucking movie, and it's terrible. Am yeah, I, I like this? I like a good origin story. Yeah. Um, I just try and keep – I like a good, like, epic. So I, when I – usually I try and tell, like, a big arcing story um, in my games. Dungeon Punk is a little bit different because it's sort of episodic. Like, each arc is kind of – something but there i mean there is a larger story that it's tied into but what no (laughs) (laughs) hashtag who is susan yeah spoiler that that's not the larger story i don't know what is going on (laughs) uh okay okay. well this is (laughs) the secrets of susan in uh 
in our very first arc. In our I very first probably, episode. Was this the first episode or was the first, second episode? First or second episode, yeah. So and they had, we're sneaking up on a bandit camp, and I just uh, there's this old Star Wars game called Jedi Knight that I like, where if you like wait by doors before going in, then like you can hear the stormtroopers on the other side talking. And okay. They have like really regular lives, like oh you're going on vacation. Uh-huh, okay, okay. Like, yeah, but uh, you know I got assigned to this outpost. And, like, and so I was like, I want to do that. I wanna, if they like sneak up on this camp, I want to have these bandits talking about just like some boring shit. Right. Okay. And so I was like, these two bandits are discussing the various merits of a woman named Susan. Then <laughs> <laughs> one of our characters came in and like did this like thing she can do where she gets like a demon face. Uh, and because the Susan thing got a laugh, I just had the guy go, ah, Susan! <laughs> and run away. <laughs> and now it's just one of those things that can grow in a very, very yeah. long form improv story. Sure. Mm-hmm. That Susan is everyone's Yeah, who is Susan, Susan, right? So they just yeah. latched on, to, the players latched on. Like, oh, that must Susan? be the villain. Susan's the villain. Right, yeah. right, yeah. right. And you're like, meanwhile, it's not <laughs> part of the larger picture at it all. Is, though. <laughs> well, right. now, you know, now I got to figure out. Susan maybe is. Susan's an acronym. Ooh, maybe. Oh, maybe. Huh? Yeah. Huh? I actually huh? never huh? thought of that. That's, that's pretty good. People can, like, buy storylines though too right yes yeah would you ever like write a dungeon punks like book that would be yeah uh, when i when we did the first arc i actually wrote a lot more of that like down so that i could uh convert it to maybe an adventure that we might be able to publish Mm -hmm. Um, and i've actually run it again (laughs) I do a thing at the Stormcrow called DM and Dine where people can, like, hire a dungeon master for a night. That's fun. Um, sounds and... sexy. It sounds illicit, <laughs> doesn't it? It does, yeah. <laughs> oh, I mean, a dungeon master, yeah. Uh, <laughs> so I, I just repurposed that and ran it. Uh, one, because I wanted to see if it would work when it wasn't an, like, all-barred thing and wasn't trapped into the sort of um, – tropes of the podcast that we mm-hmm. kind of created for ourselves mm-hmm. uh, and it did so yeah i need to now i would need to flesh it out a bit because is there i mean this probably exists but i i don't know is there like a graphic novel version of D games because there should be there's at least one uh, if anybody's mm-hmm. listened to the adventure zone they did a graphic novel of their first arc and they're doing a second one mm-hmm. um which Seem to come out of uh, fan art of the podcast, oh, which is really cool. That's sweet. Um, so, I mean, my personal dream is to actually get some fan art not done by Stu or Phil. <laughs> <laughs> Why? It's good. There's, yeah. there's is great. I just want you know, yeah, more so. What other people think yeah. our characters look like, and mostly that's I just true. want people to be fans of us and yeah. us be famous. <laughs> my my dream is also for that, but I would love. Uh, turn this into an animated show that would be my yeah that's oh that's dream, interesting yeah. like what do you think of like um like i wonder if you could make it interactive like that bandersnatch did you watch that oh my god it was not watched that yet, so but... long it was great though <laughs> it was great but yeah. um we didn't know what we were getting into when i started watching it right and then all of a sudden it's like you can't watch this on your phone it's like what okay um i guess we have to watch it on the ps4 and then there's like it's making us do decisions. What is happening? Yeah, yeah. Which I think is what they were going for. Yeah. Oh, for yeah. sure, for sure, for yeah. sure. You didn't watch it? I didn't watch it yet. I do have plans to, but I'm, yeah, I won't spoil anything for yeah. you. It was it was great. Because imagine, but if, can you even spoil something for me? Because what if I make different decisions? What? I mean, we could spoil stuff, but we won't. Yeah, we won't do it because it's kind of yeah. too new. We probably shouldn't mm. spoil it for anybody mm. at this point. I did find a flowchart of most of the decisions, though. Oh, sweet. Once we 
made a lot of them and yeah, then yeah, it was yeah. like oh if you do this and you can get there but things still changed there were still little tiny changes yeah, yeah, that were yeah, really yeah, interesting yeah. i found it to be just the organization of doing it to be very impressive mm-hmm. like just having made it is impressive people yeah. are complaining about well i'm not going to spoil stuff but whatever complaining about certain things mm-hmm. but it's like look at what you're complaining about this is insane what they did mm-hmm. yeah but anyway i feel like that like D, like a cartoon animated version with choices like that huh that'd be very interesting that would be expensive <laughs> just thinking yes. of the amount well, you'd have yeah. to animate yeah. for that well that's true but, yeah, that'd we're be in fantasy land here. We're in, in my own little D&D game right here. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, that's cool. Um, okay, so you guys, outside of this world, you're creative, so that probably helps in your game playing, I assume. What do I, you mean, think? I would think so. I mean, yeah, it, it's just one creative outlet, right? It's a place to do writing and comedy, and I mean, I do art out of it and it is a place as a you know graphic designer as well i do all the design for the podcast so yeah it's keeping my skills sharp i hope now when you first thought of your characters have they evolved like like what do they look like tell me what your characters look like and if they've changed um well my character kind of sometimes with D characters i will have to like i'll just go through the book and i'll be like okay i kind of want to play this character but more often I will just have an idea of someone I want to base it on. And my character just kind of sprung fully formed from my brain as Athena. Oh, and okay. uh, not Athena, that's actually a different character. Um, <laughs> but I just had this idea. I was like, this is her name, and this is my mm-hmm. character, and this is what she does. And so my character is the bass player of our mm-hmm. little punk band. And um, Originally, she was kind of based on Rosa from Brooklyn Nine-Nine. Okay, yeah. And then she's evolved a little bit from there, but she still mostly just likes to punch stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, sassy. Yeah, you, your character came pretty quick when we mm-hmm. were sort of creating the idea of the podcast. It was based off of like a Tumblr post of a tweet that I can't find the original person. I would love to be able to give credit to the person that yeah. uh, wrote the original tweet, which is just basically like, imagine a D&D game where everyone's a punk where you're a punk band and you just want to play shows but these towns are so messed up yeah and yeah it's great and i was like oh this is funny like future campaign haha and then you're like but we should actually do that yeah we (laughs) should do it as a podcast and And this is my character her name's scotty stormbringer she's a half dark elf etc (laughs) pretty much i was like what if they're all bards (laughs) yeah and that's how it happened yeah yeah it was uh, i think i still have like screenshots of the like facebook messenger Mm. conversation where we started it and then we sat down with Kirk like a week later, and we're like, "Let's start a podcast." <laughs> oh, Have you guys ever um, dressed up as your characters and like tried to be a band? Uh, we've kind of dressed up as our characters a little bit. We did a photo shoot in the summer nice. where we dressed inspired by our characters. It's a bit hard to actually dress as our characters because um, my character's a six foot tall half dark elf sure hey photoshop very long over here yeah <laughs> um and our lead singer played by Devin, is a bird person okay okay so we'd have to glue a lot of feathers to him mm-hmm, mm-hmm. that'd be cool though i, I could mean i could probably convince him to let us glue oh, some yeah, feathers situation yeah. yeah yeah i think yeah. eventually we might do that i think our i know Stu really wants to do a live show at some point yeah yeah and have a band play as us yeah um, I think the only person 
Well, no, Aaron sings and can play guitar and some other stuff and fill drums. I don't think Devin can sing. No, but we do have we have a ringer to bring yeah. in uh, under the bird person costume. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So nice. Okay, uh, you could fake it. We have to get another it. bass player too. Yeah. Or you could do a gorilla style animated thing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Maybe we can get a hologram. Right. Ooh, yeah. <laughs> Cha ching. We're getting into the. Yeah, that seems like the reasonable here. thing to do for like a real low budget live yeah. show. So reasonable. So reasonable. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I wonder. Could you fill the Rio? What do you think? Uh, probably not yet. I think we'd need to start in a smaller venue for our first live show. But yeah, I'd love to do somewhere like the Lido or yeah, yeah. Lido would be yeah. good. Yeah, I'd love to do the Biltmore just for nostalgic reasons. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. The only problem with the Biltmore, I feel like I can never see. I don't know. I'm even too short. <laughs> it doesn't have the best sight lines. It's no, true. No, really, it seems fine. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Says the tallest person here. <laughs> anyway. So you guys also produce podcasts. You have other podcasts on your network, Podcasts of Doom. We are working on that. Yeah. We have two other podcasts that are technically on the network. One is Kirk's former podcast, 3 a.m. Revelations, okay, and which is a music podcast. And the other one is Stu's podcast. Yeah, so I had a basketball podcast uh, for a couple of years. It started as Fat Kids on Basketball. Then became uh, these slightly more marketable bench warmers. Then uh, that became a band. Yeah, that well, that became a British podcast that got us kicked off of iTunes for having the same. Oh name. shit! I, I assume I'm making a lot of assumptions. <laughs> I, iTunes doesn't send you reasons why you right. get screwed. Uh, and then we rerounded as the Airballers, um, and that was the one that we started releasing on Podcast of Doom. But it is very hard to schedule uh, when you have three hosts. One lives in Toronto, one lives in Vancouver, and one lives in Melbourne. Oh, is a there like hour, an hour? There's a two-hour window on a Saturday. Oh, fuck. <laughs> uh, which requires our, uh, my friend in Melbourne to wake up at, uh, early because that's about 8 a.m. And I'm looking to restart one uh, that's more focused on basketball movies uh, with a friend of ours uh, who lives in this city. What's your favorite so, basketball movie? Uh, I'm, I'm torn between He Got Game uh-huh. and White Man Can't Jump. Uh-huh. Okay. Those are probably my two favorite. I mean, Basketball Diaries, though, is not really about basketball. There's <laughs> basketball in it. That's, yeah. um, that's, I've, I've made a list of every basketball movie I could find, um, and it came out to be in about, like, 56 basketball movies. Including, well, what's, like, what's a basketball movie? Does it have to feature basketball as, like, a major plot point, or do they just have to play a basketball in it? I think bas- one of the characters has to have, like, basketball be a part of their character. Okay. So Airbud, the one where he plays basketball. All of the sure. Air, the first Airbud would count, yeah. What about that one with or, Zac yeah, Efron like where he does the body that. switch? What's that one? I don't know. You know. Uh, that's that. That's not thirteen going out there. Yeah, that's a different, no, that? that's no, oh, that's... it's the other version. It's the man version yeah, yeah. with Matthew Perry. <laughs> yeah, you know. Is there basketball in that one? Yeah. Okay, I'll add that to the list. Okay. Because he tries to play basketball. Like, there's a game in it anyway. That counts, right? Yeah, I mean, I would generally that might be a, like a later season one. I, I like like right, generally fine. like basketball's got to be more featured than that. Basketball Diaries gets in because it's in the name, so I can even if there's not as much basketball played in it. Yeah, but there is some. All right, yeah. all right. Okay, we're gonna play uh, Happy Sad. So I'm gonna say stuff, and you're gonna say happy or sad. You're gonna give your okay. opinion. All right, cosplay. Happy. happy. A question mark there <laughs> over here. <laughs> Depends on the cosplay. <laughs> okay. Do you guys do that ever? 
while, you, while you're playing? No, not while we're playing. Not while you're playing. Yeah. No. All right. I will often wear my Ramones shirt while we're recording, but... Okay, that's yeah. that's hardly anything. <laughs> you would you wear that out. You have also cosplayed as Marceline the Vampire Queen. That's true. I did do that. Yeah. All right. Um, Magic the Gathering. Neutral. Oh, yeah, interesting. Kind of sad. sad. Wow, um, why? You're, I'm just... Wow, I'm, are D&Ders, like, in Magic players, like... No. They're not, mortal like, enemies? Not generally. <laughs> no, they're, they're generally, like, there's a lot of crossover. That's actually <laughs> what makes me sad is I don't really enjoy playing Magic. This is not my game, right? right. Like it's like I okay. totally get why people like it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But that's like unacceptable to magic players. Like I feel like they have they're like, but you like D and D. I'm like, they're completely different games. Yeah. And they're like they are. Oh, but you they they can't accept it. And I'm just like, man, just like let me not want to play this you game. You have to spend well. so much money on Magic the Gathering. Yeah. Like, because you have to have new cards it's all true. the time. It's true. It's true. Yeah. Okay. All right. Fair <laughs> enough. Um Riverdale. And specifically Riverdale's <laughs> version of happy, D&D, which so is happy. G&G. It makes me both very happy and, like, just so infuriated, too, at the same time. But, like, in a way that I can't. Like they make car, it very sinister. It's like a oh, car crash. it's so weird. So it's, it's based on, I don't know if you've came across in the research, but in the 80s there was, like, this thing. It was the satanic panic of yeah. D&D that, like, a bunch of churches in the South oh, were yeah. basically, like, mm-hmm. they're casting spells. They're going to... Kids are going to commit suicide. There's a Tom Hanks movie about it. Uh, Is there? Yeah. Oh. But it's like buying into the satanic oh, panic, no. basically, for sure. Well, th- well Riverdale is, yeah. too. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, yeah, it's bizarre. I also learned, because I, I, in preparation for this, I watched the, the last uh, episode that's available. Uh, I got caught up this morning. Nice. And apparently it's, it was created by nuns in an asylum. <laughs> To cure madness. It yep. makes yep. absolutely no, no. fucking yep. sense at Spoilers, all. Spoilers. <laughs> it makes no sense. Yeah. What is it Griffins and Gargoyles? Is Griffin, that their yeah, yeah, G&G. It, G&G. There's the right. Gargoyle King and the Griffin Queen, I right. think. Right. Yeah. yeah. It just and uh, I just it that whole show just breaks my <laughs> mind in a very significant yeah. way. Yeah, like and, did you read the comics as a kid? Yeah. Because it's so like different. Did, yeah. I mean it's absolutely the and opposite of it just i every episode i'm just screaming at my tv <laughs> you're in high school yeah yeah it's been as yeah i also think show so blossom weird. is criminally underused in the show but yeah i have, oh, I have opinions i love her storyline her storyline's great she is her, the character is good the actress is good yeah, yeah you're right the you're whole right. like all of a sudden she's this like crazy archer who can hit anything yeah. I'm into that. I, I buy like it. I buy my it. Other opinions: there needs to be like a hundred percent less Archie on the Archie show. Yeah, no, you're I right. Agree. And why yeah. don't they just get a real ginge? Because it's very unbelievable. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. all right. Um, <laughs> we're gonna go to just the last one, which is just a random Dr. Pepper. Happy, actually. That's not, I, sad. It's one of my oh. favorite soft drinks. Okay. Yeah. Why sad for you? I just don't like it. I don't know. What's it's your like, uh, soda of choice? I gotta go vanilla Coke. They're so similar. No, it's just that weird artificial cherry flavor I don't like. Huh. No, give it to but me. But then the artificial minute. vanilla yeah. flavor you're into? No, it's great. I, and when I was in high school, we had a vending machine that had vanilla Coke in it, and it's imprinted on you. It's, now. Yeah, it was just a really nostalgic thing. Yeah, yeah. I like the Dr Pepper one. I just uh, found out that it was made um, in. Texas, which I didn't know. Really? Well, I'm going on a trip there, and 
my husband's like, we go to the Dr. Pepper factory. And I'm like, well, I, I don't know that I, I want to. I would probably do that. That sounds yeah, interesting. So <laughs> like, okay, I guess. Anyway, um, well, thanks for coming to chat with me. Oh, yeah. Thanks for having us. This is great. Okay. So that's it. Cool. Sadcast is produced by Naomi Ryan and Sad Magazine, and we record at the Vancouver Public Library. My song choice for today is from Garbage Dreams, who you might recognize from playing our Trash Issue launch last summer. They were just a brand new baby band then, but they've been playing lots of gigs lately, and also they are comprised of folks from established bands like Supermoon and Jay Arner. Uh, Check those out if you haven't already, and if you like them, you'll definitely like this. They have a few fun demos up online on Bandcamp, so check them out there. But in the meantime, here's the track Backlash by Garbage Dreams.